0: You're listening to This Is How, a podcast about people forging digital careers for people who are taking the time to figure things out.
1: Whether you've just left school, college or uni, or you're already in a job but you're not feeling it, we made a podcast series full of tips, ideas and free advice from people who've been on similar journeys, changed things up and gone on to work in digital roles with some of the most interesting brands in the UK.
0: I'm Zoe Mallet. I'm a life coach and radio show host. My coaching focuses on helping people figure out where they are, where they want to be, and then we work out how we're going to get them there. I also have a radio show on Foundation FM, which allows listeners to message in with all their problems. And my guests and I offer our professional advice and tips live on a mix with some bangers.
1: I'm Will Stowe, proudly from Hackney, an ear of shoulder to those around me. I work for Sneakers as a co-host on Sneakers Live. We have regular live streams to talk all things sneaker culture. Also, write poetry, make music, and throw parties in my spare time. All right, let's get this party started.
0: Let's get this party started, Teresa. So nice to have you on the podcast. How are you doing today? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Will and I always kick off the podcast with a little game because we feel that it really helps us to get to know um, our guests. So you've prepared true truth and a lie for us and then uh, Will and I are gonna guess which one is the lie. So let's have it. Okay so my two
2: truths and a lie would be Number one, that I am an amazing cook, that I'm actually known amongst my friends as an amazing cook. The second one would be that I was in an orchestra. And the third one is that I can understand ancient Greek.
1: So I'm just trying to look at your kitchen mm. and see what your cooking intentions look like. <laughs> that's so on The cooking part. I feel like the cooking part is easy, so I feel like that's a lie.
0: Yeah, I think that as well. Also, like you're smiling quite a lot. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Do you know what trying I mean? To I feel of-
0: yeah, yeah. Trying to I try know. Off. I'm really bad at telling
2: lies. <laughs> <So,
0: laughs>
2: yeah, I feel like this would have worked if you were not looking at me. But yeah, so is that your final? That I cannot cook, basically.
0: Yeah, that I think
2: that's the lie. <laughs> yeah, and that's correct. I'm really bad. Like I just don't have the patience for it. I just you know put it on the stove and then walk away and come back and it's completely dried out yeah that that was easy I
0: guess (laughs) I'm literally the same I also um, hate cooking uh thank you for sharing that with us would you try and tell us what your job title is because uh it's quite broad isn't it
2: yeah it is I I find it really hard to say when people ask me this i get asked quite a lot especially about <laughs> <laughs> but um yeah i would say that i am um, a creative director for all things 3d whether this is you know 3d design animation even ar filters like, like augmented reality um yeah i basically work with all things 3d related and i take projects from the very beginning meaning like the actual planning stage and i take them through the final product and delivery. Cuz you know I think like 3D is a fairly new way of working, um a fairly new medium. So whenever I get clients, I get some clients that are very 3D versed, so they know what to expect and then I get clients that ask me for, you know, crazy stuff done within a week, which I think is a pretty common problem within the industry but like especially with 3D this is just not doable and you know we have to really work with the client and figure out what is doable within what time frame and also what will look best in 3d um i think there are some things that can be seen as simple but are really effective and some things that might sound really grand but then actually wouldn't be looking as nice done in 3d so yeah it's a lot of teaching as well Mm. okay
0: okay got you got you can you walk us through what your story has been kind of getting into um into the industry and, and the roles that you've taken up yeah of
2: course um so I do think I had maybe like a different way of approaching this job than other people might have um yeah like as I said also like in the two truths one lie I do actually understand ancient Greek and Latin and that's what I started before approaching you know the you know the art world and industry I had such a classical training uh before coming to uni that actually when I joined uni I was not qualified to get onto a practical course so I had to start off doing something else um so I joined uh Central Saint Martins where I was doing cultural criticism and curation which was like a a theoretical art course um But yeah, it just wasn't for me. Like I knew that I wanted to do something more practical, really create my own things. And then while I was on my first year of uni, which... I was, I wouldn't say failing because I passed, but like I wasn't focusing as much on that course because I was actually preparing my portfolio to join another course in UAL. So I took that time in UAL to kind of get inspired by the people around me, see how other people there actually were on practical courses, were working. So I guess lots of people learning, you know, or peers learning. And I actually prepared a portfolio. And then I got into um, London College of Fashion. It's called, the course I joined is called uh, Be a Creative Direction for Fashion. And I remember my first term, they were saying like, oh, prepare something and document whatever you're doing in a portfolio. And I had no clue on how to do that, right? So actually my tutor let me sit next to him while he was doing like portfolio reviews. And, you know, it was really hard in the beginning. Like I literally had no clue on, I think I knew how to use Photoshop because I, of course, I prepared my portfolio, but everything else was really a blur for me. And then like, well, do you know, by the end of the year, I was already doing 3D, right? Like it was such a quick thing for me. I think I saw you on Instagram. I was like, oh, this looks really great. I want to do it. And I just started. And then um, during my second year of uni, I kind of had to put that on pause because I was taking internships related to other things like say our department were like fashion houses and stuff but it was very 2d you know editing retouching all that sort of things and then i finally found a mentor uh, who you know offered me an internship basically uh, her name is lucy Harcastle, and so from the end of my second year of uni up, up until six months after graduating i was actually interning for her and that's where i really like focused on 3d Like, at the studio, I wasn't necessarily in charge of doing 3D bits because, of course, she had, like, a professional person doing everything, but I got the chance to do all the R&D, all the research, all the, like, uh, pitches, design, uh, you know, everything that goes behind the scene. And then in my free time, I will be doing 3D at home. And then after graduating, I got really lucky because I did something – a filter – That went viral. It got really popular, and so I think that gave me a lot of visibility. And people liked what I was doing, I guess. And then I got signed by an agency in LA, and I worked with them for over a year on music videos. And then, and then I guess I just had like a great like client pool that kept on coming back to me um and so in January of this year I started my own company with my partner also you know that's 3d and everything and so yeah and so here we are I guess like that was like honestly such a fast journey for me Mm -hmm. but yeah
1: what was the viral filter
2: um it was I mean it is called actually it was Called Plastica. Um, And it was basically a face snatching filter, you know, like it was kind of like post separation, post facelift something. And I know that now they were, they are super popular and like for a time they banned them and everything. Um, but actually when I did it, I think uh, I wouldn't say I was the first, but I must've been one of the first people to do it. And yeah, it was just crazy. Like all these celebrities were using it. People were tagging me. People were sending me oh. it. like it was a bit mental. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like, the filter itself was just a joke really like it was just like haha you know plastic surgery (laughs) let's make fun of it but you know it had a great reception and then I'm just lucky because I got tons of followers and yeah and I guess like people really saw my work and they hired me not necessarily for the you know for the filter but because they came across my profile and they saw my designs.
1: You mentioned um, Lucy Hardcastle a lot um when talking about your journey as your mentor could you talk about your relationship with her and what um you know what were the key learnings that you took from her and do you still speak to her
2: yeah so I met Lucy through uni so I actually already knew her work um but um yeah she came as a guest while I was in uni a guest speaker and then I literally had the horriblest portfolio ever (laughs) like I still don't know how that (laughs) happened but I think I went up to her at the end of the presentation and I was like like can I have your email like I really want to you know work in 3D I really want to learn more about 3D and then um and then at that time I think she still had like a very small studio uh it was basically just her and another freelancer and um and basically she took me in as a you know internship on an internship as an intern and when i was there there i learned i, I will say anything you need to know about like running your own business basically because that's what she was doing so I would be learning about like scheduling doing contracts I learned about pitching I learned about doing research R&D presentation calls like everything and then we did everything from creating commercial content to creative interactive stuff we did an exhibition at um, the VNA that was like an interactive exhibit like we did so much You know, like I can't even express like how much variety we created in terms of work uh, 3D related. And then, yeah, so I just felt at one point that it was a time for me to not be basically like an intern anymore. It was time for me to actually become like a full time professional. And I guess that's when we parted ways. But um yeah, I still talk to her. I support her work. Like I do think what she does is still amazing. And I think I think it's when I was there that's when I figured out oh like this is exactly what I want to be. Like I want to run a business where I do like creative direction for 3D. Like Again, like I don't need to be the most technical, technically skilled person, but this is what I want to do. Like I want to have that 3D mind and 3D vision and maybe even find somebody who is highly technically skilled to help me bring that to life. So yeah, that, that, I guess that was key for my, you know, I don't know, personal growth and like figuring out what is that I wanted to do after uni.
0: Would you say there's a benefit of somebody who's starting out to work in agency first and then do freelance or? Yeah,
2: definitely. Like it's still something that will suggest um, not necessarily like stop completely stopping doing your own thing. But I think if you have the chance of working with an agency or with somebody who can help you out, you know, if you don't know how to do something. Something and you just need that, you know, small help to just figure that one thing out, then definitely get some experience with somebody else first. Um, Also, I think it's sometimes nice to be challenged in having to meet the client's requests, right? Like knowing that, okay, they're asking this, I know that I can learn and I can do this Um, instead of just only pushing to do your own things and sometimes maybe like getting so stuck into creating that one thing that you don't progress and do other things like I think having a portfolio is key I find that lots of people especially nowadays just show you their Instagram like had so many situations where I wanted to propose somebody for a job like I thought they were a really great fit for that role and then all they had was an Instagram and the client just you know you know that doesn't look as professional as having an actual portfolio and that can be you know an online portfolio it could be pdf or even just like a very nicely built like vimeo account or youtube account where if you you know if you work in motion design like you want to have like huge variety of videos because I did work um, for Lucy but also I actually went to agencies um, you know who are looking for freelancers and all these things or even to studios like I was freelancing for other companies here in London for creative agencies for a while and um you know it wasn't just one I was kind of rotating traveling around and so on and the way I got those jobs also was because I literally sent an introduction email I was like hi this is my name this is my work let me know if you know we can work together and you know that happened and then but that's literally the way to do it
0: what sort of person in terms of, like characteristics would really thrive like in um 3d types roles Mm, i mean um i think
2: maybe someone who doesn't mind just like sitting down long hours in front of a screen right <laughs> yeah i think that's that's key like i think of course like lots of people can also work in teams like of course i work with somebody i don't work alone but it's still a very solitary job, like you, you're you not passing files back and forth, you are working on your own file and then yeah maybe you share it or you're passing it on but it's a very individual type of work. Um, so that I think also somebody who somebody who has a very strong vision and finds it really like, like really enjoys um, I don't know, I guess, like creating things that push boundaries of what we know is possible to do within, you know, creative visuals. I think somebody who really wants to explore what can be done, because again, like 3D is, yes, 3D softwares, but there are so many things that you can do with 3D. You can do games, you can do VR, you can do AR. So I think somebody who really wants to push their knowledge of technology and what can be done in the future mm-hmm. and how can you employ, you know, 3D within future technologies. I think that's also something that people might want to be knowledgeable about, like future technologies as well. Yeah. So, yeah, I guess somebody who is into technical stuff a bit as well. And I guess, yeah, art is optional. Like, again, you can be just somebody who's super technical, technically skilled, and not have any. Art vision and that's still fine to work in 3D. But I guess yeah, just sitting down long hours in front of your screen, like that's that's key. Yeah, absolutely.
1: Zoe, do you think that's you? No, no.
2: I do know people who have ADHD and they're 3D designers. So, like, you know that that's still possible, right? Still
1: time for you, you Zoe. Still time.
0: What would you say are the key skills that you need to work in 3D?
2: I think, I mean, it really depends on what is your goal within 3D, right? So if you just want to be a 3D technician, um, then what would usually happen is that you get creative director that tells you what to do and you know how to execute that to perfection. And in that case, if, if you don't necessarily want to be a director, but you just want to be a designer, then I think you really need to know all the different things that you can do with 3D, meaning you need to know um, everything from sculpting to animating to texturing to, yeah, creating the environment, best rendering settings, and even compositing probably. Um, So I think, yeah, that will be the case for somebody who just wants to get really technical. Whereas I think for me, um, I mean, I do know the basics of everything that I just said, but I wouldn't say that I am a pro at those things. Uh, for me, I work a lot on creating really good-looking compositions and, you know, I really think about what I'm creating in terms of how is this going to be perceived by the audience? How are people going to interpret this image or this filter or, you know, this animation? And then, you know i also give direction and that's um that's why i work with a lot of people um if it's a super small job then i'm going to do it myself but if it's a big big production i always hire people who are very um you know who have very high technical skills to help me out
0: okay and where would like somebody go to uh to kind of gain all of these skills and, and get experience in them so I am self-taught
2: and lots of people that I know are self-taught I actually don't think I know anyone who is not self-taught yeah okay. definitely um YouTube internet um there are tons of websites that offer um free uh, you know classes um it is a um, you know, a long <laughs> process learning. Um, and also, you know, I think most people will start doing 3D, not necessarily like on a big computer, they will start on like their laptop. So it's extra frustrating. I also started from my little MacBook and it was just a nightmare. Um, so yeah, it is a slow process, but I think if you really want to do it and if you know that that is your passion, that's what you really want to use and the best way for you to express your art and your designs then I think just be constant keep your cool um if you make mistakes just rewatch the same tutorial a million times and make sure that you look in that like you know you're checking that everything is matching your process and just mm-hmm. be persistent yeah and then whenever you can upgrade to like a better computer because that's really a lifesaver
0: That's mad that like most people that, you know, in the industry are self-taught.
2: Yeah. And, you know, I know that there are some courses out there, but for example, big universities like UAL, for example, they only recently started getting, um, you know, 3D courses. They had like, um, you know, gaming courses, you know, to design games and stuff. But um, from what I know, it isn't like a 3D specific course. Yeah. Mm. And again, like I think this also reflects what I was saying before, then until a couple of years ago, this wasn't really a thing. And only recently I've seen a boom in, you know, 3D designers.
0: Can you walk us through what you like a typical day is for you in your role? Yes. <laughs>
2: So it starts with calls in the morning, absolutely. Always having calls, uh, you know, for feedback um, or meeting new clients, discussing new briefs, all these sorts of things. And then after I got all the calls on my way, um, I I do deal with one project, um, not necessarily one project at a time, but within one day, I will not be jumping from one project onto another. Um, so, you know, depending on one doing i will just build and test build and test until the end of the day and then at the end of the day i will be delivering whatever uh, progress i made during the day and when i talk about um creating and testing if it is a 3d graphics project or you know 3d animation uh what i do is that i build and then i render out super low resolution or You know, if it's just animation, I will render it out without textures just to see the movement. So it's a a constant process of uh, creating and rendering, creating and rendering until I figure out, you know, what works best. Whereas if I am working with a augmented reality filter, I will be creating something and sending it off to my Instagram to test it live or Snapchat, you know, like whichever software I'm using. But yeah, so it's really a lot of creating, testing, creating, testing the whole day and at the end of the day I just deliver um, either like a variety of results or like the best result that I got and then I will send you over yeah
1: you've been listening to This Is How created by Nominate and Liberty your essential resource for finding a path into digital careers with the brands you love head over to thisishow.uk to listen to more episodes and discover free training and advice to help you land your dream job and also give us a follow on Instagram at thisishow.uk keep up to date with the regular tips and resources to help you on your career journey
0: what advice would you give to somebody who wants to get into the industry
2: so I mean partly I said it where you know, you have to just be persistent, learn Mm -hmm. for YouTube um, or whatever source you have, but just like it's on you to learn unless you're on a 3D course. And like, that's great that you found one, but if you haven't, you can still learn 3D. You can still put yourself, you know, there. And then another thing that I will say, which I think is super important and not necessarily just for 3D. I think this is very important for everything is, you know, all sort of like creative jobs is to put your work out there, like actually self-promote yourself and make those connections, interact with people online. And I know that's very stressful. Like I think me, myself, like I'm a very introverted person if you meet me in real life, but I think online for me, it's easier to communicate. And like, if you find that that works for you, do it because you need connections. Like, especially if you wanna work as a freelancer, or like if you want to work as an artist rather than a designer, say, you need to be responsible for the connections that you want to make and for the jobs that you want to book. And I think like it's easy to like feel like your work is not good enough because with 3D, like it's really easy to make something look like it's not quite there yet, but I think if you have a great eye, then you just need to push yourself a little further, but people might still hire you for your capabilities. So yeah, just put your work out there and be proud and show it.
1: You mentioned about like you not knowing many people that have taken like a traditional kind of schooling route to learning how to do 3D, Um, but you spoke about like the courses that you took. Would you say that there's like kind of fundamental things that you have to be taught or like can it all be done by yourself?
2: I mean, I mean, I think you can learn all of this through, you know, online courses and YouTube and, you know, online mentors and stuff. But I definitely think that you need to learn the, you know, basics before, you know, going off and do your own thing. Because I think if you don't know the basics, it's super easy to get stuck, and you know, get frustrating you know, when you cannot achieve that one thing that it might be so simple and you just need to know the basics of that. So I think as with everything, right? Like if you want to be a writer, like you can have amazing stories in your mind, but you you need to know your alphabet. You need to know <laughs> your grammar, right? So definitely basics, especially because as much as you want to do your own art within 3D, it is still a highly technical um, sort of job. So even when I speak about people being super technical i think everybody needs to be a bit technical with 3d like that is the basis. and then you know there are people who are extremely technical like (laughs) next level technical but everybody needs to know their basis in terms of animation in terms of sculpting in terms of texturing so yeah lots of lots of technical knowledge goes into creating things that are you know even just like visually nice
1: just very briefly, could you tell us some what some of those basics would be if he was like speaking to someone yeah. younger?
2: So, for example, I will definitely suggest to learn all the things that are offered within... Um, and like me, myself, I use um, Cinema 4D, um, which is a software you have to pay for, but it's actually free for students. And Amazing. then if you use it all throughout uni, you basically get a massive discount on ba- buying the final version, or you can subscribe yearly. And I think it's not necessarily affordable, but I think it's an investment to make if you know that this is going to be your career. Um, but you Cinema can also use so. yes, cool. or Blender uh, is free for everyone.
1: What is Blender exactly?
2: Uh, Blender is another three D software, just like Cinema 4D. It's okay. just that Blender is a free resource, and then Cinema 4D is not basically. And I will say that like Blender is really great because because it's a it's free. You have I think much more tutorials available for it. Do I do think maybe Cinema 4D offers as as far as now it offers a little bit more possibilities, um, and that's why you have to pay for it. But yeah, Blender is great. I know lots of professionals who use. Um, I just use Cinema 4D because just that's the software that I started with. And yeah, and then there are some uh, very more technical softwares aside from Cinema 4D and Blender, which are called like Maya or Houdini. And I I will say those are like for super highly skilled people or for like very specific things. So Maya is really great for animating. Houdini is really great for like. Simulations of like water and all these things. So I think like, yeah, there are various ones, but I will say if you don't want to pay and you still want to do 3D, use Blender. If you can pay a little bit, um, I think user interface, Cinema 4D is more friendly in that term. But anyways, um, so I think, yeah, if you want to learn the basics, uh, start learning the interface. It can look very like scary at first, it's very plain, it's very gray, uh, lots of symbols. Um, So yeah, learn that, learn how to use all the functions that are built within Cinema 4D. You can create very nice animations just by literally dragging two things together and tweaking a couple numbers. So, you know, that's already quite effective and it's super simple to create. And then then I will say, learn the basics of rendering, the rendering settings, learn what parameters to tweak and like how you know how to position lighting for example so you can create something super simple just with the tools that are offered within Cinema 4D and with a couple good lighting and textures within your scene
1: Could you talk us through what rendering is just very quickly?
2: Absolutely. So rendering, it's, I guess, like the process uh, of the computer analyzing your scene and then translating it into the final image that you see. So whenever I work in 3D, you do see colors, but it's all very flat. And sometimes it's gray. The background also, um, you know, you're working in a three dimensional space that looks very grayish and you're seeing very flat textures. You don't really get an idea of how the lights look like. I do keep something that's called a render viewport on my screen, meaning that I can see real time whether, you know, whether I'm creating how it would look in the end. but basically, rendering yes is translating all of these physical calculations that I am, you know, inserting into my scene into the final image. So again, like um, camera movement, all the camera settings, um, you know, the lights, then placing in the scene, natural light if I want to have it, how the textures react to the light, or you know, shadows, um, all the animation, all these things. How do they work together? and how will they look in the end basically
0: you know you mentioned about uh having to make the computer like calculate do calculations yeah. so then it does the right like reflection is that yes. like actual math calculation yeah like
2: yeah absolutely okay. it's all math
1: yeah. so was mind blown she was
0: like wow yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i do think like, in fact that like coding
2: it is basically, and I think that's such a, like, up if you know coding, like, you can do so much more, and I'm trying to get into coding. I would say that, like, mostly pro people do coding, like, people that work on, like, yeah, visual effects for movies and this sort of things. Um, lots of things can be done avoiding coding, but I think if you want to have total control of your scene, then I think you need coding or at least an understanding of how to work with a visual representation of coding, which is called patches, um, where you kind of drag stuff and you connect it to each other. But yeah, I think there are lots of levels of 3D. And if you have a good eye, a good vision, and you know coding, then you really are like the master of
0: 3D, I think. And um, where did you find out about all of these resources? Um, I think I first saw like
2: a post on Instagram, but I was at that time, I was really practicing like um, Photoshop, like not just like the basics, but I was really trying to push what I could do within Photoshop, right? And when I saw that, I was like, oh, I wonder how they did it. And then I actually found it out, found out through the hashtags. Like I was like, oh, what does this hashtag mean? And then I found it out. And at that time, I didn't even figure out that it was for free. So like it, it was a bit of like trying to see, you know, oh, like, is this actually the thing that they're using? Because you see an hashtag that says like C4D literally and you're like, you know, then you find Cinema 4D and it's actually owned by another company. So you even get confused with names. It was a bit hard. I think now it's much more clear what these softwares are. And then... Once I figured out that that was actually the software and I got it, then I started looking for tutorials online. Um, I think I first started out on lynda.com just because it was offered by the university. And, like, no offense, Linda, it was a bit, like, I don't know, it was very, like... I don't know, like they were going symbol by symbol explaining everything. I mean, it was really boring. And then I was like, man, there has to be a better way to learn this, right? So I looked up um, Cinema 4D on YouTube and then I just found like a million channels that were offering quick tutorials. So not just like, oh, this does this, this, that that does that, but actually building something using, you know, the things that are offered by the software. So it, it was a fun learning process. And then it was a while before I found, like, a 3D community. And the first one I found was actually DigiGal, um, which is a community for 3D female um, or women-identifying designers. And, um, yeah, and that was just really great um, coming across other people's work and seeing things that were, you know, again, like 3D art rather than just, like, animation or design um, for brands or commercials, and yeah, and I guess like once I found that out, I found out lots of other things. Like it it just started flowing in on Instagram once I started following all these other 3D designers. Okay.
1: Can I say that I only know female um, 3D designers. Is it yeah. safe to say that maybe it's an industry that isn't like most industries overrun by men or is it balanced? What's it like?
2: So I think, I think there are lots of men in the industry loads and I think the fact that you know more 3D female designers than you know men is because I think many men were just doing the technical part and I think what female 3D designers are doing is that they're bringing their own vision and their own style within 3D and they're promoting it and that's also my experience like whenever I worked I always try to hire like female 3D designers first and you know th- that was always such a good thing but uh, mm-hmm. whenever I was not able to hire 3D female designers and I had to work with people that was like like quote-unquote imposed to work with there were always older men and we had loads of issues because they just couldn't get the creative vision they had such a you know high technical skills that they couldn't like appreciate that maybe something didn't need to look as perfect because you were sacrificing that bit of perfection for something that was a bit more like visually pleasing. Mm. Um, But yeah, that's why I love working with other, you know, female 3D designers um, or, you know, like women identifying, generally speaking, 3D designers because they do have that vision and they do want to bring their own style within whatever they're making
0: what would you say is the most like exciting part of your job? I would say for me personally, it really is that initial stages
2: of creation, Um, especially if I have to work with the team that I'm in charge of like that for me is so exciting because I really want to make sure that everything is planned out to the very last detail. And and that really falls all on me as the creative director for 3D. So that to me is super exciting because again, the clients tend to trust me, luckily, Mm -hmm. um, in terms of, you know, how we direct the 3D team. So once I get the brief, then I basically, you know, can really go crazy and, you know, (laughs) within limits, (laughs) but I can really plan out what I want to see um you know 3d becoming like what i want to see that the outcome to be basically Mm. and what would you say is the least exciting part of your job rendering, <laughs> rendering, because, you know, you don't always, <laughs> yeah, you don't always know how long it takes to render a frame. Again, it depends on complexity. It depends on the textures that you're adding and all, you know, a million things. So sometimes the client will be like, how much time for rendering? And, you know, they want to hear one day, two days, but I've had projects where it actually took us like about a week and a half to render out everything. And you know, you can render it from your end or you can go online and use things that are called render farms, which is basically Literary places that have massive computers that are just in charge of processing that information for you. And I mean, it's just, it's a long process. It's a long process rendering. And also, sometimes you might find that there is like one mistake, and you know, you don't necessarily have to re render everything. You just re render out that one bit, but it just means extra time. Um, And it can be something so minor, but if it's there, it's just there.
0: Yeah. So, would you say another characteristic? would be patience patience yes Yes. (laughs) i don't know if
2: i would say i'm a patient person like i definitely stress a lot if i was patient that would be easier on me um (laughs) if i was patient yeah but i stress a lot like during rendering time i stress yes oh
1: cool i wanted to ask a question actually um it was touched upon a little bit but i just wanted to kind of get a bit more deeper into it so you know you said sometimes clients don't understand that things take long and it can be complicated but what do you respond to or how do you respond when people say why is this so expensive and why is it taking so long
2: i have learned that the best way to approach this is literally by breaking down costs Hmm. so that's literally why do i say you know this costs this much this costs this much this is the day rate and this is the rendering cost if we resort to a rendering form and if I break down like I literally have a little <laughs> graph you know and a little grid and I put down every single expense and I quote how much that thing is and you know that just makes sense like yeah, yeah. you can't cheat on that it that's literally just the cost so yeah it is, what it is <laughs> literally and you know if they're not willing to accept that then it's just your loss and as a professional as a freelancer like you can't afford that loss and you know when they say when they see that you're willing to turn the job down because you're not making profit and they know that you're being
1: you're being true, serious right means-ness. yeah I like that.
2: yeah and i have to say like that doesn't happen too often thankfully but I definitely did have some clients that were like so shocked and they were like I don't understand and it's understandable because sometimes they might ask for one more thing and the cost just jumps up right Mm. and they're like I don't understand how dismal change costs this much much, but and you know like you can literally reference quotes from websites right? Like you can show that this item costs this much, you can get invoices. So, you know, you're not tricking them. You can actually prove how much you're spending.
0: Okay. So we have got your CV here uh, and we would like to know what your career highlight is. For
2: me, definitely my career highlight was registering um, the company with my partner um, this past January. So January 2021, I think it is a massive, you know, highlight for me in my career, because that is exactly what I wanted to do. I don't know if maybe in 10 years, I will want to do something else, right. But I literally graduated three years ago. And to be able to have a company and, you know, solid clients, returning clients, so early on in my career career I think that was just something that I would have not even dreamt of right in my wildest dream like that was really great for us
0: and can you tell us what um has been your best failure yes
2: so I you know there have been just so many failures um in my career of course not massive but like it always happens right that you learn something from something that went wrong but I definitely think that a massive learning moment for me was when I just overbooked myself like crazy like I was working there day and night and all because I just I guess I was being kind of greedy with projects like I was having so many exciting projects coming my way that was like I cannot miss out on this I definitely cannot and then it just all went a little crazy and you know like we delivered them they were fine but I came out of it I was like so mentally exhausted and I had to take a massive break after that and that's just not productive like it's not sustainable so again like it's something that i am still in the process of learning but learn to say no or learn to you know prioritize the jobs that you take on and know your limit as well as a human being
1: and then um what is your um dream project
2: so i mean definitely like as a designer working with you know pop singers and stuff like just because they're so colorful and nice like that's just real fun but as a personal dream project like I wish to dedicate more time to my personal art and maybe have like a collection of my work published in like 10-15 years from now you know like kind of a retrospective and like I don't want to sound like you know like I feel like Oh, I'm going to be a great artist, but it will be so nice to get to the point that your art is appreciated so much that you definitely do not need to be simply a designer, not simply, but, you know, like creating jobs, uh, creating work for other people, uh, creating your own art and being appreciated for your own art. So I think that will be nice to have like a book where you just look through all the work stuff done in the past and people enjoy it. I think that would be something that will make me feel like, okay, like this is really nice.
1: For sure. Mm. Um, just to kind of go in closing, why should we hire you?
2: I like to think that, you know, I create work that is deeply rooted in pop culture. So I think it really speaks to people who are you know um, digital natives which is basically the new audiences like I do think I have a great understanding of how social media works the new language of communication for like you know teens or like you know people in their 20s that, that use their you know social media platforms and you know that that I think we've seen you know during the pandemic that that is the new way of also you know doing commerce and promoting yourself or your business and yeah so I think I create work that speaks to people that have that understanding and of social media basically.
1: Where do we find you your Instagram and all that stuff?
2: Yes, so I am Teresa Fogolari, um, it's F-O-G-O-L-A-R-I, um, on Instagram, on my temporarily dead TikTok. <laughs> I've only got six videos, yeah. I got banned because I posted a video with a gun. Um, not mine, it was a digital gun, of course. <laughs> but yeah, so I'm trying to build up from that again. Um, yeah, so that's my, that's my at on Instagram and TikTok.
0: Thanks so much for uh, chatting with us today. I have learned you. so much about uh, the world of 3D, far more than I definitely knew before. I really enjoyed this. Like, I think you both asked such a great question. Like, I had to stop a second and think,
1: but yeah, it was really
2: great. Yeah.
1: <laughs> you've been listening to This Is How, created by Nominate and Liberty. If you've enjoyed this conversation and you're feeling inspired to develop your own digital skills, head over to thisishow.uk where you can find more information on all the helpful tips and advice shared on today's podcast, as well as trying our new This Is How quiz to uncover more about what you're good at and what job roles could be a good match for you.